This morning's reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 10 to 19. And this can be found on page 1041 of our church Bibles. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias! Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptised and after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the word of the Lord. Okay. Back in uh, back in June, you may recall some of you are here. Um, I came and uh, did what they call preaching with a view, which, if you're a Baptist like me, you understand very well. If you're in Camborne Church, uh, you know a bit about. Um, but some of you might find that confusing. But anyway, I came in June and. Uh, I, I preached on that occasion on uh, being rooted and grounded uh, in the love of God. But uh, do you know, I'm not really expecting you to have committed this, to, do you know what sermon got bumped? <laughs> because there was, it was the middle of a series and, and a sermon got bumped. I have been reliably informed that the sermon which got bumped was a sermon on this passage, which I had not actually realised uh, uh, until I'd sort of said, well, I think I'll preach on this in my early, uh, early days at the church. So here we are. You're getting a sermon which I earlier bumped. I, I, I do think that Ananias is somebody... By the way, you have heard, you have heard everything we know about Ananias. Okay? That passage, which was read, tells you everything we know, really, about this man 
So, so it's a bit what, in a film, they call it a cameo appearance. You know, somebody who, who, who comes on, makes a, a brief appearance and, and then goes. But I think he is a hero. He is a hero of the New Testament. I think there is much which is powerful in this passage, much which we can learn from, actually quite a bit which is truly beautiful in this passage. Let's set the scene. The scene is that there's this bloke called Saul. For those of you who don't know, somewhat later in life he gets called the Apostle Paul. But at this stage, he is Saul. He is a Jewish leader who is intent on stamping out this new offshoot, which he regards as thoroughly heretical and dangerous, these Christ followers, these people who look to Jesus. And he has got uh, letters of authority from the high-up leaders in Jerusalem to go to Damascus and to arrest these believers and to bring them back to Jerusalem or to give them what they deserve. This is a man who has actually uh, overseen the execution of a Christian already. <laughs> and now he's on the warpath. But... Uh, there is a vision from Jesus. I mean, it's a famous story. The vision from Jesus. He sees on the road to Damascus, and this utterly changes him. And he is blinded in this vision and is brought uh, to uh, a house uh, on Straight Street. But then, if we're on a film, the scene shifts. And we see somebody... Ananias, who we've not come across before in the story. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. And as this vision unfolds, I think uh, that uh, Ananias might have been rather wishing that God hadn't appeared to him. in a vision sometimes we start to say God I long for your voice if Ananias had been praying for that he might have been regretting his prayers somewhat because God calls him to do something difficult dangerous or at least it looks very difficult and very dangerous from Ananias's. Uh, point of view. He says, I want you to go uh, to this house in Straight Street, and, I, and, and I've, I've spoken to this bloke called Saul, and he's expecting you to come. He's blind. I want you to go and pray for him the, the, for his uh, sight to be restored. And basically, Ananias responds by, do you know who this bloke is, Lord? <laughs> Because actually, Ananias, as far as we're, he's not told that uh, Saul has had a great change of mind so far. <laughs> he's just told he's blind, 
and that Ananias should go and restore his sight. And Ananias would probably think, I actually prefer him blind. Thank you very much. Blind and in another room strikes me as better than seeing and in the same room as me. Ananias prays. He answers God back. And I think this, this is okay. Certainly in the way it plays out, it's okay. When God says, I want you to do this, or this is the it's okay to say, Lord, do you really know what you're doing? I think we probably know the answer to that question, but it's okay. Look at the Psalms. It's a strong Jewish prayer tradition to basically say to God, do you know what you're doing? (laughs) You can go through the Psalms. It's a really strong prayer tradition. And actually, I think it's actually quite a good prayer tradition. That prayer tradition which says, God, do you know what you're doing here? From, From my point of view, things are not looking too rosy. Because sometimes if we think we can't talk to God about such things, we just don't talk to him at all. (laughs) We will shut down the communication sometimes. You know, there is that thing, if you can't find something nice to say, don't say nothing at all or something. I think it's Thumper from Bambi or something like that. It's not in the Bible. Um, When it comes to God, if you can't find anything nice to say, say it anyway. (laughs) Actually, bring it into the relationship. Ananias is not being disrespectful, but he is saying, Lord, I I, I just want to pause here. Do you really know what's happening? And he's actually in that. He's given more information and he's told that uh, Saul is God's chosen instrument uh, to bring the gospel to Gentiles. So he's actually told something about the, to call it a change of heart might be wrong, this utter shift in uh, Paul's way. And so Ananias, knowing that Saul is there in this uh, house in Straight Street in Damascus. Apparently, if you go to Damascus, there's still a street called Straight Street. You can go there. I haven't. Probably not the time to go to Damascus right now as a tourist. But uh, but he's going to go there, and he knows that Saul has got in his possession an arrest warrant which probably has his name on it. Because We're not told much about Ananias, but we know he's a believer in Jesus Christ. (laughs) And my guess is that he's probably a church leader. He might not be, but but, but I I suspect he's probably one of the the leaders in Damascus. Anyway, after praying, Ananias goes. He steps out into danger. But I want to say this. Maybe he is stepping out into the only place of security. There is a sense in which he is stepping out into danger, humanly speaking. Certainly into uncertainty. But actually, the safest place to be 
Not necessarily for our own well-being, but the safest and best place to be is in the will of God. Not going to be easy, but the safest and best place to be is in the will of God. It's not always going to be easy. <laughs> what, what, does, what does the Lord say to Ananias about Saul? I've shown him how much he's going to suffer for my name. Goody, goody, right at the beginning. But Ananias steps out into danger, and I love his, his willingness to step out. And, and you just think, you know, 24 hours ago, he would never have imagined that he was doing this journey. He has been utterly challenged and shifted. When he got up that morning, he did not expect this. And I want to say that in our Christian walk, for each of us, there are things which God calls us to, which are, if you like, long-lasting and possibly regular. God might well call you to be involved in the youth work of the church. He might call you into a particular workplace. And those, those are the things which you think, okay, I can kind of get myself in, 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 in the headspace for that. I, I kind of know where that's going-ish. Might not know everything that it involves, but, but in being responsive to the voice of God and in responsive to the call of God, there are times when that is about kind of the, the direction of our life, the way we regularly shape our time, our talents, our money, whatever it is. But there are other times when there is the nudge of God, this is more than a nudge, but there's other times when it's, there's the nudge of God or, or the call of God or where he's saying, I know this isn't something which you normally do, but today I'm wanting you to do this. Today I'm wanting you to visit this person. Why? That wasn't on the list. Well, it's on my list. And so I'm telling you it should be on your list. Are we open to being nudged by God, called by God to do things which when we get up in the morning we're not planning to do? But because God calls, we shift what we do. I think that's part of being open to God. Not just those long-term things, but those short-term things. I have no idea what Ananias' long-term things were. I'm guessing he was some kind of leader within the church, but that's not a full-time job, certainly not in those days. I don't know how he spent his time. I don't know what his job was. I don't know what his family situation was. I don't know. These things are important to God. But here, all we get is what he's called to that day. And he makes the journey into the room and the place where Saul is. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. I bet he was hoping that uh, Saul probably wasn't in the first room he got to <laughs> so that he could talk with the uh, householder first. But at some stage, he goes into the room. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, 
the Lord. Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. What a remarkable thing to do. What a remarkable thing to say. I, you will hear me say this more than once, and therefore I need to be careful when I say what's the most surprising verse in the Bible. But this is a surprising one. I think there are several you know, verses in the Bible which go, wow. He comes in and he says, brother, Saul. What a staggering thing to say. Brother Saul. And he prays for his sight to be restored, and it is. And he prays for the Holy Spirit to come upon Saul, and it does. He does, the Holy Spirit. It's incredible. Is there anything more beautiful than the sight in our imaginations of Saul, of Ananias, rather, coming to Saul and saying, brother, how sweet that word must have sounded to Saul. It's a word of incredible acceptance for somebody who kind of a day earlier or whatever, or a few days earlier, had been an enemy. So anything more beautiful, and, and it says Paul is baptised. I think we, doesn't say Ananias, did it? I think we can sort of guess that probably Ananias baptises Saul. Those uh, words which uh, John brought to us from uh, the president of Uganda, where he says, forgiveness, humility, love. I think we've got that here, haven't we? Forgiveness, humility, love. Got to conclude just by saying a little bit about a church I know, a friend of mine, a member of this church. I actually had the privilege of visiting this church last year, but I've known of it for some 20 years. Uh, a friend of mine, 20 or so years ago, moved out to Sarajevo. And uh, she joined Sarajevo Baptist Church, despite the fact her dad's a bishop, but that's fine for Camborne. Uh, but she joined Sarajevo Baptist Church and uh, got very involved. She went there initially as a as a 12-month volunteer, and anyway, 20 years later, she came home uh, earlier this year. She lives near Peterborough. Need to catch up with her. But she lived in Sarajevo, and she told me about the church, and I, I was able to visit it last year. But she said, and this is three years, two, three years after the end of the siege of Sarajevo, after the end of the, the genocidal wars which had racked the Balkans and Bosnia in particular and she said you know I don't know within the church people's uh, religious background 
an ethnic background unless I ask. They're all in hand groups together. Croat, Serb, Bosniak. It's beautiful. It is one of the most beautiful things on God's earth is enemies being brought into friendship in Christ. Brother Saul. Brother Saul. I thank God for Ananias. For all his faithful obedience. But also having stepped out into obedience. His willingness to not just do the minimum. But to reach out and embrace. To Saul. His new brother. Who are we going to embrace in the name of Christ? Let's pray.